I'm Carolina, and you're listening to Subject ACT, Canberra's local current affairs program on community radio, 2XX FM 98.3. Today, we're talking to Ryan from the Canberra Environment Centre, all about some tips and tricks for gardening for people who are renting. Would you mind telling me your name and your position with the centre? I'm Ryan Lungu and I'm the Executive Director of the Canberra Environment Centre. So I understand that recently you ran a course on gardening for renters at the centre? Correct, we did two weekends ago. So what exactly does that entail? Because Yeah, so it was basically just showing that regardless of whether you own your house or not, that that shouldn't influence whether you can grow your own food. Often renters need to create temporary spaces or be it small spaces to grow their own food Um, but we just wanted to show how easy that can be whether it be growing in pots or creating small wicking beds which are little self-watering garden beds essentially temporary garden so that you can take them with you when you leave you don't have to leave your good soil behind and so that your landlord isn't worried that you're digging up their beautiful lawn so how exactly does that work yeah well there's a range of ways you could build a gardening bed i guess sleepers are perhaps a little bit heavy for the for the temporary situation but people like to use styrofoam boxes is one way they're best lined with some other kind of material to make sure that none of the little pieces break off but that's just one example apple boxes is another way people build garden beds out of pallets yeah there's so many different ways to just use simple everyday materials to grow without digging up the yard, which is what I guess the landlord is normally worried about. And what if it's all paved? Yep. So it's just stuff you can put on top of, like, pavers? Exactly. Yeah, you can pick up a lot of pots from the green shed, if you keep your eyes out, or from other places around. Um, Quite large pots will hold all sorts of range of herbs or a couple of tomato plants or whatever it is that you want to grow. It's just about this idea that anyone can grow food in any space, even if it's just a balcony and you're living in an apartment. If you look at which way the sun's coming from and you place pots strategically on the balcony there's no reason you can't grow some of your own food there as well are there certain kinds of plants that are better like i think that plants that have larger deeper root systems wouldn't be ideal so you'd need shallower ones yeah definitely uh growing herbs is always an easy one so your basic kitchen herbs thyme um rosemary uh growing lettuce is quite uh shallow rooted so growing rocket or cos lettuce or just the kind of stuff if you're only going to have a small garden you want the stuff that you use often um so whether it's for salads or for just herbs for your everyday cooking but yes you're right shallow roots do work best but if you wanted to have a tomato plant or something like that um there's no reason you couldn't keep one of those in a pot either they grow fine in a big enough pot i guess sort of my my next question because this is something i'm genuinely interested in are there any sort of recommendations for plants that you should that renters who may be maybe strapped for time and strapped for money like easy ones other than like herbs and stuff but like you can ignore it for a couple of days and it won't die the the hardier herbs like rosemary are good at that they don't necessarily need watering every day or building a wicking pot which is something that we teach about at the environment center and i think there's some um resources on our website which is org, essentially means that you can walk away from your your planting box for a week um a wicking pot kind of they're pretty simple to build um with some bits and pieces that you have lying around but they store a water reservoir at the bottom and the water wicks up through the roots uh through the soil so the roots take the water up as they need it and so you can just water make as long as there's water in the bottom then you can forget about it for Um, until there's no more water in the bottom, essentially. Uh, So that's one big thing that we do recommend for either people who are time-strapped or who are new to gardening and might not remember to water their plants every day is to have a look at um, a self-watering wicking plant. You can buy them made 
as well um, from your hardware store, but um, they're also very easy to make. So from what you've said so far, some of the things that you cover in, you covered in the class were sort of like sleeper beds and stuff off like wicking pots. What else did you cover? The idea of vertical gardening has been quite interesting to lots of people for a while and that's kind of growing up on a wall so um that's another way to utilize your space as much as possible if you have a a blank wall be it um a brick wall or or whatnot on either your apartment or in your courtyard or something like that uh ground space doesn't have to limit what you can grow so you can grow up by um affixing small pots to the wall perhaps or by trellising um beans grow up really well um just it's essentially about looking at your space and trying to maximize what you can grow there get the most out of it um every time we do encourage people to garden i would say that one of the important things is to have a look at your space first and have a bit of a plan and think about the design of the area and what's going to grow best um how much sunlight you get and yeah growing stuff that you really want to eat is important too because you get the rewards of it and it makes you love your plants more so it kind of answers my my next question which was what were the what are the biggest hurdles do you think are for for renters and people in general for getting into gardening I think the idea that people think that it's really hard to do and that they don't have a green thumb or or something along those lines when really anyone can can garden. It's one of the oldest things that we've been doing as human beings for a long time and it's that easy today that even if you don't feel confident putting a seed in the ground, you can pick up some seedlings for $3.50 or $4 each and um, have a head start and as long as you plant them in the soil and water them every day, then they should grow. So I feel like the hurdle is the perceived hurdles of people thinking that they can't grow their own food because they're not gardeners, but we can all be gardeners very easily and it's something that you fall in love with and it's really easy to remember because it's something that you enjoy doing each day when you go out and um, your plants are going well. How did you get interested in gardening? I've always been interested in gardening. My father was a kitchen gardener I guess. He didn't have a, a farm or anything like that but he always loved growing his own food and telling us all that we were eating the food that he's grown and I just see it um, as something really rewarding when you get your own healthy food um, in a world that we live in today where we're not always sure how our food is grown or what even is in it sometimes. Uh, Anything you grow in your own backyard you have complete control over. Um, But also just having a relationship with the with the earth which is why we focus on gardening a lot at the Canberra Environment Centre because I feel that people just stick their hands in the soil every now and then or care for another living thing be it a plant or even an animal. Uh, We're talking about plants now though then they're more likely to care about the other parts of the environment, perhaps change their behaviour as they grow to remember that we're a part of the earth and the earth gives us everything that we need, so we should look after it. Pretty good answer. <laughs> um, and I assume you got involved through the environment and just by applying for the position, or...? Yeah, so I've been there for four or five years now. I um, used to... I was originally there on a casual basis, um, building garden beds and working on a project out at Calvary Hospital uh, where we built a ecotherapy garden for the patients there then yeah when the position of um, director came up I applied for the role and it's been a lot of fun. Would you mind going into a little bit more detail about the ecotherapy? Yeah so this is something that we did um, some years ago now but has since been taken over by volunteers and continues to run but yeah we worked with the mental health ward at Calvary Hospital um, based on this idea that if people get into nature or have some kind of relationship with plants in the outdoors that that can help overcome trauma or any problems they're having and so we went in there and built um not just myself but with the help of some other staff both at the hospital and the environment center we built some kitchen gardens there and we put some fruit trees in and then we returned once a week to work with the staff and the patients to just give gradually give them ownership of the garden and hand it over to them and so they do it as a daily activity an area that used to be used just to sit and smoke cigarettes or to hang outside which was quite a 
unattractive area became a place where people enjoyed going each day to 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 garden well canberra's quite unique in that fact as well that we actually require having green spaces in each suburb how much of an impact do you think being around green things and and being around gardens in particular has on people's mental health generally oh, i think it's been shown to be incredibly important in terms of reducing anxiety and also just again having that contact with the natural world when you don't see trees then they probably don't mean as much to you and you're not as likely to want to protect your environment when you're surrounded by greenery and you're reminded of nature even living in a city which is we're lucky in Canberra that we do have a lot of those green spaces then just reminds you of the of the natural world and our responsibility to take care of it rather than destroy it. What kind of changes would you like to see societally in terms of people's interactions with with the earth and and gardening and plants? Um, Well I just believe the more people that their own food or no Nurturing any kind of plants will be more likely to just just care for their environment everyday behaviors such as putting your rubbish in the bin or thinking about using less packaging because it's most likely to be either washed into the waterways or buried in the ground. It's definitely going to be one of those two things. But a range of different, I think, unenvironmentally friendly behaviours that we do have, whether it's wasting water or energy or all these things that put pressure on our earth. If we, yeah, like to think by teaching people simple skills, which is what we do at the Environment Centre, whether it be about growing food or reducing waste or um, making some of your own products, then you feel a sense of ownership and responsibility for being part of the process and you are yeah more likely to be sensitive to our environment rather than just forgetting about it i think it's very easy to forget that we're a part of we're not far removed from being animals in what is quite a large natural system that we've made a huge impact on and that um we all have to remember that it's our place to treat it well and to at this point try to start repairing it i think that that quite neatly leads on to my next question um so obviously gardening teaching about gardening is the only thing the environment center does could you give me a a quick rundown of some of the other classes that they teach or or ongoing projects yeah so uh, we do a range of projects one of our um, ongoing projects with act health is called grow together which is also about gardening but it's about nutrition for young children Um, so we visit a bunch of preschools every year Uh, again build them a kitchen garden and teach the kids about healthy eating through growing their own food Uh, teach about composting we're really big on composting at the environment center as a way to reduce waste i think the figures are startling there's still about 50 percent of our household garbage is organic waste that could be composted in the backyard so um we teach people about composting we run multiple projects on composting where we can we um, encourage people to bring their food scraps down to the environment center to put them in our compost bins if they don't have a way of doing it at home Uh, we sell compost bins and worm farms for quite cheap what else do we do we have a lot of resources on our website to just take people through the basics of what they can do to look after you know our local Canberra environment we run about 50 or 60 workshops a year at the moment which are the sustainability workshops just what I was talking about before the the basic skills to either maybe you want to learn about going solar at your place which is something that we're doing tomorrow night um, or reducing your waste encouraging biodiversity um, water um, saving water in your garden all these kinds of things we also run a number of events during the year we've got one coming up on the 1st of december which is our eco elves night market um, encouraging people to you know think about over consumption at christmas time and to p- potentially support local artists or or people who make handmade products or eco-friendly products rather than buying the mass-produced products at 
uh, the big shopping centres, which often just go straight in the bin come Boxing Day anyway. And um, so that's a lovely event. We have live music. We have a wine bar there and um, lots of food and a bunch of stalls. Um, and that happens as the sunsets, which is really lovely. So everyone should come along to that. Um, and that precedes our Harvest Festival in March, which showcases and celebrates all the local and sustainable food that we have access to in Canberra. So um, we're very lucky in that we have a a lot of accessible farmers markets around Canberra most people can get to them at some point during their week and um, so this is just a one-off event rather than a farmers market to celebrate all of that food we do have a lot of producers along as well as other organizations that talk about food we run a bunch of free workshops on the day um, and again have live music and uh, we cook a big barbecue the Canberra Environment Centre does on that day um, so yeah they're two of our big flagship events and then in between you'll find a bunch of what we call sustainability networks where we try and bring people together to talk about issues uh, and to learn from each other about how to overcome them one of them recently was living without plastic uh, which has been a big theme for the centre now for a couple of years uh, just people who there's some incredible people out there who have refuse to use any single-use plastic in their daily life and um, so we find those people put them in front of an audience and everyone asks their questions about what are the hurdles or, or how they can make small changes in their own life or whether you know perhaps they can be inspired to go all the way to not using any plastic at all which is very tricky um, we also run a work for the doll program at the center so people who find themselves without a job um, these days generally have to volunteer their time in order to get payments and so we've created a nice gentle environment where we can nurture people and help them at least learn to grow their own food either for themselves or poten potentially as an employment opportunity um, and they yeah can feel like their time is valued as well and and be a part of something bigger how successful has that program been uh, it's been incredible uh we've run about two years worth of projects now they come in six month increments and um we've just found it to be incredibly positive for everyone involved often uh work for the dull projects are not that enjoyable uh some of the others include pulling apart mattresses or cleaning out horse stables and things like that. And so we create a place where everyone's involved. They don't get told what to do. They're involved in deciding what they want to do and how they want to interact with the garden. And it's about learning as much as it is about doing. And um, it's reached a point where we've formed a relationship now with the, the job providers where it's hopefully an ongoing project so that people can come here and it doesn't well, come to the centre and it doesn't have to feel like a, a massive chore or a negative thing, which is something that I think is a greater barrier for people when they found themselves down and out and in this situation to be made to feel even more I guess undervalued is, is not really going to help prop them up so we're just trying mm. to yeah and now it's time for a little bit of music and today's song is Harlem Shuffle by Bob and Earl Yeah, you do. 
Shuffle by Bob and Earl. Um, and earlier you mentioned uh, you mentioned composting, which is something I've been been interested in because if you don't have a garden, it kind of feels stupid to compost because you have all this compost, you have nothing to do with it. Mm. But you said that excess food waste and stuff you can drop off, but there has to be an upper limit to how much you can take from from the wider public. I'd love to reach that upper limit, and I think we'd deal with it uh, when it came along. We've applied for a grant to have a large composting machine at the centre which would take uh, a quite a large amount of food scraps every day and it's able to turn it into soil usable compost quite quickly um, and so we'll keep pushing to get one of those um, but at the moment that will increase our capacity significantly at the moment we are far from reaching our capacity there's uh, probably only a handful of people that come down and take us up on that opportunity yeah if, if we find that our bins all out we've got a lot of compost bins and stations there if they're overflowing then I think I'll be pretty happy what can and can't you compost because I've heard that you can't do stuff like lemons and, and citrus and, and eggshells is that true um no that's it's, you can pretty much compost anything. The reason uh, I think people get confused because the citrus and the onions uh, shouldn't be fed to the chooks because they don't like them, um, but they can if you have chooks, but they can go in your compost bin. People, it really depends on what kind of a compost you're running. If you uh, manage to get the heat up inside the compost bin or in your compost bay up to, you know, they can go up to 60 65 degrees even when people are doing it in a, you know really well uh, you can compost meat even and bones and all things like that but um for your novice composter to avoid bad smells and rodents and things like that i'd probably just stick to your basic greens uh, that you yeah that you create every evening when you're making your dinner or lunch or whatever it may be and just because you don't have a garden doesn't mean that you shouldn't make the compost there's plenty of people who would love your compost um, when it's done be it 
uh, the community gardens, of which there are plenty around Canberra, or someone else who is a gardener nearby. There's actually a website that I've recently heard about. I think it might be called Grow Share or Share Grow. You'll have to oh, apologize. I can't remember incredibly correctly, but it, it brings together people who have compost and people who would like uh, kind of like a, a social media thing I guess but just um, trying to I think what you're touching on of, of not having a garden but still wanting to compost your scraps is a common problem that deters people from doing so but if you talk to your neighbours and talk to people in your community I think you very easily find that there's someone who will want what you're creating and then you can kind of see the rewards of it as well by um, yeah by seeing someone else be happy with the way their plants are growing completely different note not too long ago the abc came out with a show called war on waste mm-hmm. that had a number of different aspects to it like uh recycling soft plastic and and food waste and the nonsense about the shape of bananas yes uh have you seen any kind of positive impact from that show ah definitely i think that it was a great thing of the abc to do and it's been a wonderful vehicle for bringing all of this knowledge to a much wider audience we've had a lot more engagement with the community on these issues uh since that program came out a lot of stuff that we kind of considered to be common knowledge i guess for those who have environmentally uh literate often a lot of people just don't have access to that information and the television's great medium to get that across and even just thinking about what actually happens to your waste which i think was one of the most valuable parts of that program will make you consider how you create waste and then how you dispose of it Uh, it's very easy for us to forget that every single piece of plastic that we put our hands on it's going to get buried in the ground um same as well not all of them these days if you put them in the soft plastic recycling bins which they have at the major supermarkets coles and woolworths i believe you can take your uh, soft plastics and recycle them there so that's just not your plastic bags but but also you know um, chip packets anything plastic yeah old, old packets and like Plastic packaging outside the outside of other things. It doesn't need plastic packaging. Yeah, well, hopefully one day we'll get back to not using so much of it. But I think in the meantime, on an individual basis, we can use less of it by going to Whole Foods shops, uh, such as the the food co-op's a great place, the Canberra Food Co-op there, to buy your things in bulk, to take your own jars, and to, yeah, uh, think a little bit more about the waste that you create for yourself and to maybe take a bit of responsibility for it. And I want to, so we've talked about a lot of things about like reducing waste and, and gardening in general and having more consideration. And of course, recycling your soft plastics at Coles and Woolies. Do you have any, for people who, who are not environmentally literate and who have never composted, never done any of this, what would you say are three like easy tips or methods to, to get started? Because I find that once you start, like I didn't recycle my soft plastics until I watched that show. Um, and I live, in, I rent with my two housemates and we've had like six bags in the last couple of months of stuff that's getting recycled now instead of going into landfill so once you get started i feel like it becomes a lot a lot easier and you start feeling good about it and that's a really long-winded way of saying what are three great tips for for reducing your waste that you can you can do sort of easily to get you started yep um i would say the first big pointer would be to separate 
your waste, which you would have learnt, I guess, when you start taking the soft plastics out. So we do generally, hopefully everyone does now, but the majority of people, I believe, these days do separate their recycling from their garbage because we've got two separate bins for it. Um, so you also want to look at maybe having another as, as a bag or a box or whatever it is of your own for your soft plastics so that you make the decision of where it goes before it actually goes in the bin. So the first part is separating what can be recycled and what can't. Uh, the second is, I would say... The soft plastics is a huge one and um, I think that we'll have to find, we'll find that will require a bigger capacity than what's available at the moment in those bins. Um, recently have been in contact with a cafe who wanted to recycle their soft plastics and have other people, uh, other businesses in on the deal as well and that those big bins at the supermarkets just weren't enough. And so the next step will be um, yeah, separating out. But anyway, back to you. So one, separate your waste. Um, sort out the soft plastics, take them to the bin, uh, start a compost or a worm farm. It's really easy. And um, as I mentioned before, it's one of the big factors that cause us problems in our landfill. It's about 50% is the, the general figure that's thrown around of our waste is food scraps that should essentially not end up in the landfill because you know they break down in your compost to the natural form again that they came from. But if you put them surrounded by plastic and uh, whatnot in the landfill, out at Mugger or wherever it ends up, they can't break down properly and so they release. Creates weird pockets exactly. of gas. Yep, and so you get some pretty terrible greenhouse gases being released. Um, so, yeah, it doesn't have to be a compost bin. It can be a worm farm. They're quite simple and easy to look after and to use. Um, and in the same way that you get finished compost from your compost bin, you get this wonderful fertile, natural fertilizer in the worm juice that comes out of the bottom, which, again, if you have no way of using your compost or no one that wants to use it, you'll probably find that there are plenty of people that will use the worm juice because it's such an incredible fertilizer you can put it out the front of your house and sell it for a gold coin donation or just give it away bring it down to the center if you've <laughs> got too much worm juice because we'll use it on our garden so just thinking about a way that you can do organics at home is the easiest way at the moment be it in a compost bin or a worm farm hopefully sometime down the track in the not too distant future we'll have a bin for that third bin in canberra as they've done in plenty of other places around the world but until then we have to take responsibility for them ourselves so yeah i'm just trying to think of a third for you because that comes as long as I everyone's think, putting I think that is a third like, <laughs> yeah. so sort your stuff actually recycle your soft plastics and compost exactly there you yeah, go three tips i did three i won't give you Perfect. four <laughs> um and i've just got two more questions before i let you before i let you go um and that's if people want to get involved with the environment center in particular how how would they go about that one of the the best entry points i guess is to come along to one of our wednesday afternoon gardening bees so um i guess the the original story here was about the Acton Community Garden, which is our community garden there at the centre, which we run in a way where there aren't a whole lot of rules. If people would like to be involved, anyone can be involved. And when there's produce available to take home, then you take home what's there. It gets split out on the day. And so it's not um, very regimented. It's just a community place. We also have a lot of schools visit there. Uh, it's utilised for lots of different purposes. But anyway, Wednesday afternoons, 4 till 6pm, we have a weekly gardening bee down there. And um, it's a great way to just find out a little bit about what we do and who we are to see the space. After that, there's a range of different activities that you can get involved in. Uh, once a month, you'd have to check our website. But second Saturday of the month, is we have a repair cafe at the Environment Centre uh, run by some wonderful volunteers who essentially a bunch of people come along who know how to fix things, a bunch of people come along who want to fix, need their stuff fixed, and they meet together and, um, you know, done socks or fixed chair legs that would have got thrown out 
so uh, fixing stuff that's a, a fun way to be involved in the centre and on those days we often have an extended gardening bee as well or come along and volunteer at one of our events there's information for that on our website we always need volunteers for the EcoWells Night Market which is coming up or the Harvest Festival and essentially anyone that has any ideas uh, that they want to see come into fruition and we're, we're actually there to help we're not a political organisation in any way but we're very much about environmental education well that's exactly what we're about so anyone who wants to do some research or has an idea for a project we can't necessarily do it for you but happy to talk to anyone about any ideas that they have the space is there uh, we can support people to to you know do their own community projects and that was really good my last question i guess is more when you wrap this up do you have any final comments or things you'd like to add i would firstly say one more time come along to the christmas market on first of december friday evening and just that everyone should have a go at gardening we started talking about gardening for renters but it extends to everyone everywhere i think um gets bandied about the idea that nothing quite tastes as good as a homegrown tomato um but it can't be overstressed how incredible your fruit and veggies taste when you grow them yourself i don't know whether it's just the nurture feeling but i know there's probably a lot more to the taste of eating fresh produce rather than eating something that's been stored for a long time uh, to get to you that has perhaps had pesticides or all sorts of things that you would never know about and so have a go plant a seed it's a perfect time to do it in canberra whether you go and get some seedlings or you want to have a go at raising seeds summer's coming up i think in a couple of weeks people will feel confident to put out their tomatoes and cucumbers um zucchinis potatoes it's the perfect time to plant a bunch of stuff to be picking and feeding yourself from january to march or april next year and so it's a great time for the interview actually go out and um plant some veggies Cool, good plan. And that concludes our discussion with Ryan from the Canberra Environment Centre. Join us each weekday, 8.30 to 9am on 2XX FM 98.3 Subject ACT. You can stream us live at 2XXFM.org.au slash listen or catch up on our podcast episodes at soundcloud.com slash subject ACT. Community radio needs you, so please support the station by subscribing via 2XXFM.org.au. Stay tuned for more people-powered radio. I'm Carolina. Have a great day.